the Sikh tradition from the Holy Scriptures, Guru Granth Sahib, and the hymn was composed by the first Guru, the founder of the religion, Guru Nanak. I'm reading from page 138. Sulok Mela the hymn begins, Jiopai Tanasajya Rakya Barnat Barnai. The Great One fashioned the body, having placed in it the soul and safeguards creation. Eyes see, tongues speak, ears bring awareness of sound. Feet to tread, hands to work, we wear and eat whatever we receive. Forgetting the one who created creation, blind fools do dark deeds. When the picture of the body breaks into pieces, it cannot be created again. O Nanak, without the Guru to show the way, there is no dignity. Without dignity, no transcendence. Good morning. The day after celebrating on this campus, my friend and colleague Guy Irwin's installation as a bishop in the Lutheran Church, I received some horrible news that no friend wants to hear. In Manhattan, my college friend, fellow Sikh activist and father, Brabjot Singh, had been hospitalized after being roughed up quite badly in a hate crime. He suffered blows, cuts, bruises, and a broken jaw, while also being verbally attacked by a group of youths on bikes. Osama, they called him. Terrorist, get him! Now at some point you have to ask the justice-making powers of the universe, seriously? Brabjot Singh Jot, the guy who was given his life to the vocation of bringing health innovations where they are lacking? The guy who uses his gifts and talents for such good, his God-given abilities to bring hope. Who himself, just a year ago, wrote an op-ed in the New York Times about hate crimes. Doesn't he get a pass? For me, involved in interfaith work as I am, such news gives cause for pause. Is it working? Are we ever going to succeed? <laughs> but you know, the problem with taking too much time to feel sorry for ourselves is that whether we like it or not, apparent alliances of actors are agreeing on a lot across faith boundaries. There are unholy agreements about the use of violence against innocence being fused all around us, whether we know it or not. Those youths on those Bikes who beat my friend, father of a one-year-old boy, curly-haired, bright-eyed son like my own. Those youths who tugged on his beard, kicked him and punched him and broke his jaw are involved in a kind of interfaith, an interfaith union of cowardice. They hold communion with those two brothers from my hometown of Cambridge, Massachusetts, who used pressure cookers and shrapnel to terrorize, injure, maim, and kill at the Boston Marathon. That's one way to use gifts, talents, technology, and innovation. What's the difference between these two sets of offenders? Success? I think they all worship at the same altar of hate. 
Buddhist monks are attacking innocent Muslims in Myanmar, Burma. The Dalai Lamas had to intervene. Narendra Modi, burgeoning candidate for the prime ministership of India, has been buoyed by his angry and parochial supporters despite, or perhaps because of, his rhetoric against Muslims and Christians. That is in India, home to as many Muslims as Pakistan. On Google Images, you can witness a hand-holding triumphalist interfaith union of this right-wing Hindu fanatic leader and a self-interested Sikh chief minister of my ancestral home of Punjab. These two are in cahoots together for a coalition government, and the Sikh interest party will no doubt support a Modi candidacy for national office. Perhaps ironically, perhaps tragically, both the right-wing Hindu party and the so-called party that guards Sikh interests will be, in a year, even more deeply joined against their common political enemies, the Nationalist Congress Party, unholy bedfellows remembering the violent anti-Sikh massacres of 30 years ago when Congress Party-inspired mobs killed thousands of young Sikh men in organized pogroms across that great secular democracy they call India. Security officials may not pick up this chatter across the intelligence channels, but I see these people in cahoots with those cowards in Kenya who this weekend turned guns on innocent adults and children inside a Nairobi mall. I see those gunmen in cahoots with Wade Michael Page who ruptured the calm of an August morning in suburban Wisconsin with bullets aimed at Sikh worshipers in the Oak Creek Gurdwara outside of Milwaukee. These people agree on something across faith boundaries, don't they? And then our School Magazine publishes letters from folks expressing their dissatisfaction with the decision to allow our Muslim students to pray from the Quran in the confines of this chapel. I was surprised to hear that some Christian sisters and brothers were resistant to giving such little space in this house of God for prayer. I was confused. I always thought that faith is one of those things that the more you have of it, the more you have of it. God doesn't care what flavor it is. And I know their God is not so small as that. I know that their Savior's word has more staying power than that. I've seen it at work, in the work that Sister Melissa, our pastor, does with students and citizens of El Salvador. I see it at work in the social justice mission of this university, always trying to find new ways to keep welcoming talented students Dreamers from the area who could not ever in their dreams think of paying full price. I saw it last Saturday in wise hands raised attesting to the great one's glory and laid over the head of Bishop Guy Irwin, the ELCA's first openly gay bishop. But that was Saturday. The time for self-congratulation is now over, just as the time for self-pity has also passed. Brothers and sisters, we've got some work to do. As my friend and mentor, Dr. Ibu Patel, likes to say about our common work in interfaith, it's holy work. It's sacred work. The work is not all struggle and toil. It can be fun. It's reaching out and asking someone a question that begins with those three little letters. Hey. Maybe you disagree about theology with someone, but do you both also disagree that the poor need food? That we need cleaner water and air? That all of God's people deserve to live with their God-given dignity? 
In the prayer I read earlier, Guru Nanak calls this but, a Punjabi word, meaning God-given dignity, honor. God-given, but ensured a proper expression only by human work. And that work needs to happen across faith boundaries. Guess whose Facebook feed told us this week that he'd been seeing patients since Tuesday? Yes, friends, Brabjot's already back to work this week. We should join him.